What's up, guys? Welcome back to episode number 20. This is Sit Down with Sit podcast. Our guest today is a registered dietitian who specializes in food and nutritional counseling. She is a nature loving, sweet seeker who travels to enjoy the most well known food around and strongly believes that there is power through food and nutrition that directly affects the way you feel and live, not only now, but in the years to come. She currently has her own private practice. Marianne's Answer, where she provides individual counseling as well as nutrition speaking events. That being said, let's welcome our guest for today, Marianne Stockhauser. Hi, Marianne. How are you doing? Hello. I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me today. Thank you so much for uh, giving us this opportunity. It's an honor for us to have you here. Um, so, Marianne, before we dive into the podcast, you know, talking about your profession what you do, uh, would you mind taking a moment and unpacking for our audience a little bit about your background? Yeah, of course. Um, so like Sid said, my name is Mary Ann Stackhauser and I am a registered dietitian. So I love all things food and nutrition. Um, I went to SUNY Oneana for my undergrad and my grad work. So I do have my master's of science in nutrition and dietetics. And, you know, I'm extremely passionate about food and nutrition. I want to make sure people are feeling good physically, mentally, emotionally. Um, I come from like a clinical background. I think a lot of times when people think about a dietitian, they think about like a hospital or they think about like food service, right? Um, and so I, I did work in both of those areas in my past. Um, so I do have that clinical experience, um, but now I have my own private practice or I do a lot of individual counseling to help people kind of reach whatever goal that they're setting. But also I just want, I just want us to feel good. Um, so that's a lot of the nutrition stuff that I'm kind of diving into. Wow. That's awesome. So, so I, I want to know like why nutrition, why did you decide to, you know, choose nutrition as your career? Yeah. So it's really weird. I kind of remember being in middle school and high school and sitting in the cafeteria at lunch. And I would always bring school to lunch. I didn't really traditionally buy lunch. And I was like one of those odd kids out that had like that brown paper bag. And I had a day where I was looking around and I realized I was like, wow, like I actually have naturally more knowledge about nutrition based off of how I grew up compared to a lot of people around me. And also I kind of realized that there's such power between how we think about food and how that mentally makes us feel about ourselves. And so I know, I remember being in middle school, I was like, you know what, I, I want to learn as much as I can so I can help as many people as I can. I want us to love ourselves. I want us to feel good. And I want our bodies to just work. Um, you know, obesity is insane. It's very prevalent. It's everywhere. And I just remember sitting and looking around and being like, okay, this is what I want to do. I want to know so I can help. So, so do you have anyone like, like in your family, in the career, like nutrition background, or is this something just like you became passionate with, you know, as you said? So um, my mom's a dental hygienist, so okay. she's in the health field, but I don't have anyone that's a dietitian or anything of that nature. But I grew up where I grew my own food with my parents. We had like a garden. And so I was taught, you know, like this is how food comes and it's, natural and it's whole and you take it from the ground and then you prepare and then I was exposed to everybody's else's food is like from a package 
or from a vending machine. Um, and so I kind of just snowballed into the passion of nutrition. I've always loved food. I love eating food. I'm definitely a foodie. <laughs> food is like the best thing, right? We want to love food. Um, and so I was like, let me just dive right into this a little bit more, learn all the science of it. And that just fascinates me um, to really know like, well, what's happening? Why does this occur? And I kind of just ran with it from there. Wow. So, you know, we're going to actually dive in, dive more into it uh, during this podcast, you know, uh, about your experience and like, you know, experience uh, on what you think, you know, is good and so forth. So, so there is something that I read, which I as actually didn't know as well was that as a registered dietitian, along with nutritional counseling, you also specialize in medical nutrition therapy. So now, could you tell our audience what is a medical nutrition therapy and, and the difference between that and nutritional counseling? Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good question. A lot of people aren't even aware that medical nutrition therapy is a thing. And so registered dietitians are specially trained to have this specific knowledge. And so medical nutrition therapy is nutrition therapy that has been scientifically proven. So there's been studies and tests done saying if we follow these sort of steps and guidelines, we can help stabilize a disease state. We can help prevent the development of disease, any sort of medical condition. And so that's where that whole clinical aspect um, mm -hmm. and the whole science of food and nutrition kind of goes together. And registered dietitians are the only people who are trained with this specialty. So, so Marianne, so just to clarify, um, so do you perform any kind of clinical like trial on patients? Or is that something you, you take it based on a scientific evidence and based on the person's history, you give them the suggested treatment or right. I would say nutrition. I, I am not conducting any of my own personalized studies, um, okay. but you know, it's more of these larger studies are going on and we have the peer led reviews and all of that in the sense to provide us the education. So gotcha. say like someone has high cholesterol levels, right. I can right. then go, okay, let me think about this medical nutrition therapy. We follow these steps. And we can naturally lower their cholesterol levels to help in the aid with the doctors, with medication, to just let it be easier. Oh, amazing. So, so let me ask you now, for example, if someone wants to come and see yourself as a dietitian, what do they expect or what can they expect during their initial visit? Right. So registered dietitians all kind of do things a little bit differently. So it definitely will depend on um, who you're going and seeking out, but traditionally you're going to have something called an initial assessment. Mm -hmm. And so when I see a new client, that first appointment is going to be diving into all things food and nutrition, specifically about you. So we're going to ask questions about our relationship with food. We're going to ask questions about our functionality of the body, making sure there's nothing underlying that we don't even know that's going on is holding us back. And then also we're going to see like, what's your lifestyle? What are, what are your eating habits? And then that information makes it so kind of like the wheels are turning in the dietitian brain. And for me personally, for my clients, I then provide them with a nutrition plan based off of that initial assessment to say, Hey, here's the tools. Here's the recess resources. Let's set you up for long-term success because we don't want to treat it like another diet. 
We want it to be more of this is a whole lifestyle so that you never have to struggle or feel that way again. So, Marian, uh, just to clear my doubt on this, uh, sorry for asking you so many intrusive questions, but uh, we, we know that everyone's body is different, right? What works yeah. for me might not work for you and the other way around. So when you have a standard set of parameter to diagnose, say, for example, if someone has a high cholesterol and you yeah. have A, B, C, D, you know, this is how I'm going to go. What if that does not work for that person? Does it not make your life very challenging as a professional? And how do you come up with that? Like cope yeah. up with that? Yeah. I mean, I, all my clients, when they start, they're like, well, I'm going to be the biggest challenge for you. And it always makes me laugh because truly it's, things are challenging, but it, there's always going to be a solution when it comes mm -hmm. to food and nutrition, because we have a whole world of avenues that we can go on. Um, so say like, okay, medical nutrition therapy is saying like, we can do one, two, and three. We'll say mm -hmm. we started off with one and that small change and that didn't make a difference. I'm probably going to curve that path to go in a different route to see, okay, well, here's this backup plan. And if that works, then we can reassess that nutrition plan and go in that field, like that direction. Um, and I mean, I wouldn't say it necessarily is challenging. It's thoroughly enjoyable for me because I really enjoy analytical things. I like mm -hmm. puzzles. I like being able to figure out what's going on, like nip it in the butt and then have that solution so that person can feel good. Uh, I love that approach of yours. Uh, so now, now we know that nutrition is a very broader term, right? So yeah. during your initial consultation with clients, is there any aspect of nutrition that you address or you think is more important than the others? Well, definitely getting a whole encompassing picture briefly, mm -hmm. at least is essential. Um, but for me, number one is going to be functionality or like gut health. So is the body working, right? Are we chronically dehydrated? Because mm -hmm. that's, that's a, that's a functional thing. You probably have 12 symptoms and it's actually because we're just not drinking water properly. Um, so really what I think is essential is going to be establishing and being able to identify markers of, okay, the body's just not working right. And so then if we don't have good gut, if we don't have, you know, adequate sleep, if we're not having mm -hmm. good energy, like let's fix that because it truly does not matter what or how we are eating. If the body doesn't want it because it's not working right, you're not, you're not going to be able to lose weight, right? Everybody wants to lose weight. But if the body's in something called starvation mode, because we've been depriving it for so long, you can eat broccoli and gain weight in the same sense of eating a donut and gain weight. Really? So definitely the functionality of the body is like foundational starts, but also in correlation, how you're thinking about food. Right. Are you thinking about yourself during that food choice or how are you thinking about yourself? And then you're choosing to restrict that really, truly like the functionality and then our relationship with food, both of those are going to be the foundation for success, regardless of the goal that you're trying to achieve. Very interesting, actually. So, so let me ask you now, Marian, do you believe in the nutrition facts label? The reason I'm asking is because most of us, when we go for grocery shopping, especially people who want to be healthy, the first thing we do is look at the label, right? So, right, of course. So, so in that case, in your expertise, 
what is what are a couple of things that one should be looking at nutrition label that says oh grab me it's healthy right i mean i will tell you for starters i definitely believe in the nutrition label mm-hmm. you know that's going to be the thing that's going to give us the most information about that food product that we're going to either eat or decide to put back so i definitely believe in the nutrition label i think our social media and tv projects that the nutrition label is gold standard where in reality a nutrition label has like a 20% range where it could have error mm-hmm. so i might say hey there's 200 calories but in reality there's like 230 but there's that buffer range that companies have but looking at a label i can guarantee if we're looking at the fiber and that fiber is high it's going to be something nutritionally sound that's going to make you feel good. So fiber is definitely something that we want to look at. And so, oh, go ahead. No, no, please go ahead. I'll, I'll let you I was just going to say, another important factor that I would really pinpoint is looking at added sugars. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about total sugars. I want to just look at added sugars. So these are going to be the things that have been physically added to that product when it was processed. Just because added sugars we want to have lower because they are, you know, proven to be the development of several different diseases and mental health conditions. Really? Yeah, there's definitely a correlation because the more sugar we have in our bodies, um, the more inflammation we're going to have. Inflammation is a marker to develop any sort of disease state. And the more inflammation we have or the more sugar we have, in theory, we're probably not going to be eating a lot of nutrients then. And the less nutrients we have, it's very easy for us to mentally struggle. We might feel a heightened of anxiety or stress or frustration just because the body's deficient in something. So, so let me ask you, when you say the added sugars, are we talking about aspartame, uh, Activia, say Equal, Splenda, something in that context? So on the nutrition label, added sugars, mm-hmm. if there's a number there, that's not those. Those are um, artificial sugars. Mm-hmm. So those are still going to show up as zero on your label. Really? Added sugars is like physically taking sugar, um, like the white sugar that we're used to and like putting right. it into the product. If there's a, say there's 10 grams of added sugars in something, that means that there's 10 grams added. Now, like stevia, sweet and low, splendid, those are artificial sugars, and it's still going to be zero on the nutrition label because those are digested and processed internally in the body in a very different way compared to natural sugar. So, Marianne, I I have a question on this. There is a myth, which I personally believe in. I don't take any any fake sugar substance. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They say that in the long run, these are actually not healthy they cause certain diseases you know now would you correct me on this if i'm correct if i'm wrong if not what is your take on on this myth this philosophy uh you know that uh natural sugar is healthier than consuming say substance fake substance sugar right i mean i'm going to agree with you okay um there's a lot of internal functional processes that are going to go on when we have artificial sugar Mm-hmm. that the body just doesn't know what to do with. So there's a couple key points that we can think about when we're thinking like regular natural sugar versus artificial sugar. 
It's mm -hmm. artificial sugar is going to cause you to crave more sweetness. You're going, your body's going to physically crave it. So it's easier for you to have larger amounts, right? And if we have an overconsumption, yeah, we have an overconsumption. It's very easy for us to gain weight, gain fat. And so then that plays a role on our health. Um, also, like I tell my clients all the time, like sugar is not the enemy. Okay. Mm -hmm. There are truly no bad foods. And I can tell you that. And again, I'm a foodie. I eat everything. I'm a registered dietitian. I have cupcakes. I have donuts. I had chips. There's nothing wrong with that. So I'd rather you have natural sugar and pair it with things like fiber or protein, mm -hmm. because you are correct. There is potential of the development of some sort of diseases with a surplus of the artificial sugar. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so do you believe in like, like going back to the nutrition label, mm -hmm. do you believe more in the calories listed or do you believe more in the amount in grams listed on say protein, fiber, sugar? Uh, because I'm also very confused on that, you know, label yeah. thing. So. Yeah, I will tell you the nutrition label is very confusing. If you don't know what it means, you don't know what it means. A lot of times people don't talk about it in depth. And okay. so I care about all the nutrients over the calories. Okay. So I care about fats, carbs, proteins, fibers, sodium, sugars, all of those, because that's like the quality of the food. If I tell you something has a hundred calories, well, is that 100 calories of protein? Is that 100 calories of pure fat? Is that 100 calories of pure sugar? We don't know. That's a good point. So, calories can be very misleading. Something can be lower in calories, but nutritionally, those markers are going to be harmful to you. And so I care much more about the quality of the food. So the grams of the different nutrients of the protein, carbs, fats, compared to just calories alone. That's, that's very interesting. You know, um, I actually didn't even know those things. So thanks so much for sharing your expertise with us on that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, now, Marianne, uh, I want to bring this up. You know, I like you do recipes of the month and your recipes look very tempting, very appetizing, you know, uh, can we dive a little bit into that? Like, why did you started the recipe of the month? Like, what was the story behind the theme that why you want to do this recipe? And then what comes to your mind when you want to create a new recipe every month, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So once a month, of course, I have a recipe of the month where I take a favorite food, favorite recipe, and I put a dietitian spin on it. Hmm. And so the reason that I started this is because I feel like people are very hungry for recipes, right? I feel the moment that someone wants to change their health, they go on a diet and they follow people's recipes. And traditionally those recipes don't actually taste good. They're not satisfying. They're not going to give you warm, comfy feelings that we want from our food sometimes. And so the reason why I started my recipe of the month is I wanna take those favorites. You know, mm -hmm. I have banana muffins, I have pancakes, I have lasagna. And then I tweak them a little bit because if you make small, subtle changes, they still taste delicious. They're going to satisfy you. And it's not like you're restricting anything. You're still able to eat your favorite foods and have that nutritional spin on it. 
and you can have them whenever you want. There's nothing off limits, especially with the recipes that I offer uh, every month. Would you mind, if, if that's okay with you, would you mind sharing with us one of the recipes, say for example, for this month or last, where you came up with a twist so, so people know that, you know what, you can eat good food and still be healthy because once again, right. there is this myth, you know, which I believe mm-hmm. in healthy food is never delicious, you know? So, right. so I want the audience to change their perception. Would you mind sharing one recipe with us, please? Like, Sure, absolutely. Um, and I can always send this to you too. Like I can send you one of those recipes um, so that you can have that PDF. Um, but so let me think for a second. Let's do my banana muffins. Okay. okay. Uh, so my banana muffin, I made it so that there's some avocado in it instead of some of the butter. Really? So there's still some butter in it because I love butter. Everybody loves butter. It makes our baked goods really good. But I've substituted some of it for avocado. Avocado is going to be a beneficial fat that's really good for your brain Mm -hmm. to help in the prevention of Alzheimer's. Okay. So that's one tweak. But another tweak is, is that I like to add fiber to things. Fiber is probably one of my favorite recommendations. It's really, truly such a nutrient that does so much for us. And so I'm someone who likes texture, right? Like I don't like a lot of mush. I want like crunch. And so, you know, when you get a muffin and there's that top layer of sugar. Right. And so instead of that sugar on top, I sprinkle chia seeds on top of my banana muffin before putting them in the oven. And it gives you that same sensation. You don't even know that it's not sugar. Really? But you're adding more fiber. So adding that fiber with the rest of that banana muffin makes it so we're stabilizing our blood sugar. We're going to feel full and satisfied. And so nothing's going to harm you then in those bites. So, so you are a big believer of fiber from, from what I can guess, yes. right? Yes. <laughs> so, so, so for our audience who is listening to this, then if they want to have a higher say fiber diet, right? Mm -hmm. As a dietitian, could you recommend some of the food or supplements uh, or are you big on supplements? If not, could you recommend them some of the food so they can actually incorporate uh, incorporate in their diets? Yeah, absolutely. So I definitely am going to recommend food first. Okay. The body is going to like food sources of fiber so much more than a supplement. Um, Mm -hmm. And I will tell you with fiber, we just want to make sure we're gradually increasing it into our lives over like a week or two. I don't want tomorrow having people add like 20 grams of fiber because that's Got just going to hurt your stomach. You're not going to okay. have too much fun with that. Okay. Um, but so some of those food sources like berries, berries are a great source of fiber. So like blueberries, raspberries, so are apples and pears, mm-hmm. especially if we eat them with the skin on. Um, I'm a really big fan of nuts and seeds. So like pumpkin seeds, sunflower seeds, chia seeds, my number one recommendation. In two tablespoons, you can get nine grams of fiber. And that is a really large amount in a very small volume. Okay. Um, But, and then nuts. So like walnuts, pecans, pistachios, those are all going to be things that we can snack on pretty easy, incorporate into other things pretty easily, but they're going to give you a good punch of nutrition. That's, that's interesting. You know why? Because the items, the products that you just mentioned, they are mm-hmm. actually also considered as healthy fats, healthy sugars, natural sugars, such as pear and, yeah. and apple, you know? 
they say yeah. an apple a day keeps the doctor away so absolutely uh, well wow so many things i didn't know you know <laughs> um so let me ask you now one more thing few more things so you know when you see a client who is a pure vegetarian right mm-hmm. what kind of nutrition recommendations do you have for someone who does not consume say meat products because i'm sure there are a lot of people who are vegan and don't consume meat yeah. so so can you can you tell us a little bit about that yeah for sure so one thing that i probably would say is i think there's a big misconception that if someone's vegetarian they don't get enough protein Mm-hmm. where I think it really just depends on the person. I know a lot of vegetarians that have really adequate amounts of protein. And I know a lot of people who are not vegetarian who barely get any protein. Um, so I think that is one big misconception when it comes to being vegetarian versus, you know, not labeling yourself as a certain type of eating pattern. Um, but with vegetarians, you're going to potentially miss out on those nutrients that animal products give you. So you could have a lack of iron, mm-hmm. could have a lack of B12, vitamin B, okay? Those mm-hmm. are really important for energy. They're really important internally in your body for a lot of functions. Okay. affect how you're sleeping. And so you can get those by making sure that you have certain nutrients together. Like spinach is going to have a great source of iron, mm-hmm. but you want to make sure you eat that spinach with some sort of vitamin C. So say we have a salad that has all those vegetables in it. You can put bell peppers in it or put strawberries or clementines in that salad. And it's going to make it so your body actually absorbs that iron that much more. So you won't be deficient in it. Really? So it's always, according to you, it's always good to mix things up, just not to have a single source of say, you know, component. Yeah, absolutely. Um, The more variety that you have in your diet, the better your gut will be. And the gut is kind of like one of those foundational things. If your gut's out of whack, if we're constantly bloated, we can't go to the bathroom, feels like there's a rock in our stomach, you know, you're not going to be feeling good. Things aren't working right. And so the more variety we have, the happier your stomach is. Very nice. So Marian, now, what are the population of people or what is a right fit for someone like yourselves? you know, so, so people can reach out to you, uh, if they want to work with you or something. Right. Yeah. So I specialize kind of in two different areas. Mm -hmm. So I see a lot of people with disordered eating or eating disorders or relationship with food or with themselves, which you probably Mm -hmm. kind of picked up on because I talked about that, you know, mind body food connection. Okay. And then also I really specialize in gut health. Um, and that functionality baseline of the body, you know, I want to make sure like, let's fix things because most of the time, say our cholesterol is high, say our skin is bad, say we're not sleeping right. It could simply be that our gut is out of whack. Let's recalibrate things. And then most of the time things kind of fix and resolve 12 things when it was only one thing that we had to do. So eating disorder and gut health, um, these are the two. So, so those are definitely so, my two specialties specialties okay so so my question to you is now you know eating disorder uh, from what i have read you know stress is the number one cause for eating disorder habits so how do you manage that like now here comes someone with an eating disorder habit 
who mm-hmm. is actually stressed out out of, out of their mind how, how do you evaluate and like work with that person is you know just i'm just curious to know yeah so during part of my initial assessment i have a section where i say a bunch of different emotions and i say well do you ever eat because you're feeling this emotion or do you mm-hmm. ever restrict because that is an eating disorder tendency because you're feeling that emotion a lot of times people are stressed, so they'll stress eat. So we wanna take that and say, okay, well, what else can we think about that's going to help us cope with stress so that we don't always have to turn to food? Well, how do we feel after we're stressed and we just ate a ton of food? Did we actually feel any better? But yes what if no. someone has but what if someone has a habit? How do you break that pattern? Because that's pretty hard. So definitely small, consistent changes. You know, okay. I, I get on the level that's very realistic. We're not going to move a mountain in a night. And mm-hmm. so I'm going to come to your level and I'm going to see where you are at. And so I kind of pick it apart and mm-hmm. go through certain steps, specifically with my eating disorder clients. And that's where I can set them up because I'm going to be your cheerleader, but I'm also mm-hmm. going to be your resource. So if you need help during the week, message me, call, like get in contact with me and we can go through it. I can help talk us down help us change our thought process because habits, they're not built overnight. So we're not going to be able to change them overnight either. It's just very small, simple, painless changes that build upon each other that set people up for success. Nice. I like what you said. You cannot move a mountain uh, overnight. <laughs> that, that's, a, that's a great uh, way to put it together. So now let me ask you, uh, being a nutritionist yourself, what qualities make a nutritionist a good nutritionist? Oh, that's a good question. Um, So I will say registered dietitians are also nutritionists. Mm -hmm. Um, Our title is actually registered dietitian nutritionist. Okay. And so if you see someone who's just a nutritionist, that is a red flag. If they are also not a registered dietitian, that just means that they haven't gone to school. They haven't done you know, grad school, they haven't done the whole year long internship and had all that science based evidence to back up what they are selling. So nutritionists, there's just no guarantee of where they got their knowledge from because you Mm -hmm. right now can take a two hour online nutrition course and then start calling yourself a nutritionist. There's no legalities of who can say that they're just a nutritionist in the state Mm -hmm. of New York. And so you want to see RD or registered dietitian next to that nutritionist to know, okay, this person went to school for six years. This person mm-hmm. has that hand up, hands-on experience to be able to tell me real life successes, factual information, because sometimes nutritionists really harm people's health. Mm-hmm. The amount of clients that have come to me, specifically my eating disorder clients, um, they come to me after working with nutritionists because their really? relationship with food is so skewed. It is so detrimental that it's, it makes it so we have to kind of start right at zero because that nutritionist doesn't know that is not their specialty. They don't have that medical nutrition therapy. They don't have that science to help that person. Got it. So, so I'm going to bring up this two scenario uh, just listening to you. And I want you to tell me which of these would you choose, okay? Okay, okay. So 
so a good nutritionist, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to break it down into two components. What makes a good nutritionist? A nutritionist, a good nutritionist. Okay. One is knowledge and experience. The second is relationship and empathy with people. If I was to ask you to pick one, which one will it be and why? That's so tough. You need to have both. Exactly. Um, that's why. <laughs> well, I will tell you, it depends on what population you work with. I will tell you eating disorder clients, you have to have compassion. You have to have empathy, mm -hmm. but I will tell you what is, I'm going to pick the category of the knowledge and experience. Okay. Because if you Thank don't you. have that baseline textbook, this is science. This is what's going to happen. This is how we can tweak. This is how we can behaviorally change our mindset. Mm -hmm. It's you're not going to have the success. Even if you have the most sympathy with that client, if you don't know how, or the basics of how to get there, it doesn't matter. Okay. Okay. That, that works, you know, a uh, <laughs> couple of things I, I want to ask you before we wrap this up is number one, what made you, what, what motivates you to do what you do? Well, what motivates me is seeing clients to the screen when they have that aha moment where it clicks, they have progress. They're so excited when I can get someone who hasn't eaten more than one meal a day in five years, make it mm -hmm. so that they have a handful of nuts. Like that's the moment. And they're so proud and so excited. Like I so desperately want to help people. I want you to feel your best. I want you to love yourself. And so it gets me out of bed bright and early every morning because I want to be able to make sure that you are feeling good in all avenues, food and nutrition. I love that. I love that. You know, a uh, couple of other things. Now, why should one work with Marianne Stockhauser? What separates her from the rest of the registered dietitian nutritionist? I like to say that I do things pretty differently. I am not cookie cutter. Mm -hmm. um, some dietitians do things kind of exactly in the same sense you know, and I do things very differently. I'm extremely relatable. I'm extremely real and realistic and I come onto your level. And so I make things very individualized, very personalized to fit already into your lifestyle and routine. And I am truly going to make sure all those successes are recognized. You mm -hmm. know, I'm never going to make you feel bad for not doing something or doing something, you know, cause we talked about it last time, that's okay mistakes happen. It's not even considered a mistake. We're still pushing through. We're still going through those hurdles. I'm going to be your biggest cheerleader, your biggest supporter, but I'm also going to give you the knowledge. You know, I'm really big on knowledge is power. And just because mm -hmm. I'm a dietitian doesn't mean that I have to have more knowledge than you. I want you to get the same knowledge as I do in our sessions. I want you to think just how I am so that we can shift perspectives so we can reduce our cholesterol levels. So we can fix our gut. So we can help eliminate that eating disorder. Very interesting. Uh, so is it fair to say, uh, it just came to my mind, you educate them, mm -hmm. you engage them, and you empower them. So absolutely, you are the three E's of nutrition. Educate, Absolutely. engage, and empower, correct? Yep. Okay. Uh, so now, you know, 
I mean, nutrition is big, you know, everybody wants to, you know, hear opinions from expertise, experts like yourself. Um, if there was a message that you want to tell the audience, you know, what would that be? That would be the closing uh, kind of yeah. uh, question for this podcast, you know? Right. My message would be is it's not a diet. It's a lifestyle. You know, if you've gotten on the train and you've fallen off and you, you know, have kept trying over and over the next time that you're excited and wanting and motivating to do something, go see a dietitian so that you do not have to start over again. You know, stop being so hard on yourself. I can guarantee that you're not doing anything wrong. You don't need to feel bad about how your clothes feel. You don't need to feel bad about how you look in the mirror. Let's love ourselves, okay? Let's pass, pass that information and be examples to the next generations because we are so immersed in diet culture and I'm here to help break through it. Let's break that cycle. Amazing. So, so where can people actually reach out to? Do you want to share that uh, with the audience, please? Yeah, absolutely. So you can go on my Instagram, which is Marianne's answer underscore nutrition. Um, you can call or text me at 315-527-0877. You can check out my website at mariannesanswer.org. I am on HealthProf. You can check me out there as well. And then I have my email, which is going to be nutrition at mariannesanswer.org. So whatever type of means you feel comfortable with, but please reach out, ask me your questions. I am more than happy to help. So, so Marianne, we are actually going to put all this information in the description. Uh, so actually people uh, can reach out to you, um, you know, and uh, uh, well, Marianne, you know, this has been, this has been a blast, you know, it was an eye opener for someone like myself as well. And, uh, you know, it was fun to, you know, have you on our podcast, you know, and, you know, listen, you know, what you had to say. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure. I love talking about food and nutrition. So any questions you have in the future, shoot them my way. I'm definitely here to help answer them. Thank you so much. We'll do. Have a, have a good evening. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye.